Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the 550th edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. I'm your host, Daniel Feuerstein. I'd like to give you uh, America, our, my opinion of the American player, our clubs, leagues, players, national team, and other fabulous moments. Get your daily reading from me over at Rebel News Network, but as always, this show is based on American soccer. Chat room is open. Come on in. Discuss amongst yourselves. Uh, if you have a question for me, I'll try to answer it to the best of my abilities. And as we uh, begin this show, um, no guests on tonight, unfortunately. But, you know, I always like to give out my opinions about what's going on in the game today, representing Americans uh, within our country and Americans abroad. And that also includes ownership of certain clubs in certain parts of the world outside of MLS, whether it be in Mexico or Central America or South America, or even in Europe. And as we already know, in Europe, there especially, especially that grand old nation of England. And once again, we, I, can, I send my condolences to uh, the, the royal family and uh, to all the uh, United Kingdom on the the death of uh, Queen Elizabeth II. And once again, I send my condolences to them. I feel bad for them. And as we all know, that we all know that this upcoming World Cup, the United States for the third time, will be in the same World Cup group with England and with Wales and Iran So for the first time in the World Cup, they'll face the Welsh, but for the third time, they'll face the English, and the second time, they'll face the Iranians. And we'll see what happens if they do and are able to get out of that group. And we'll see how that match will be resulted towards. So we'll have to wait and see for that one. But as I begin this show, tremendous in the footballing world in England because brand new manager of Chelsea, Todd Bowley, has already set the standard of making outlandish comments on how to change the game in England or at least give ideas to help the English out to make themselves better and make the game better over there. Now, let me just say this, and I and I'm going to give you my my opinion about what Mr. Bowley has said, and I will also give you my opinions about why he could be correct and why he could be wrong. But 9 times out of 10, He is wrong on one thing. The game is fine the way it is. Does not matter where you come from. 
It does not matter where it's played. We all know it's played all around the world, including in our backyards here in the United States. Our neighbors in Canada in the north, we all know about our neighbors down in the south with Mexico. The game is fine the way it is. Interpretations are everything, but the one constant is is this. The clock goes up from zero to 90. Ball is continuing uh, to be played. The clock continues to run. We add time. If there is goal scored, substitutions, injuries, anything of the nature. Because sometimes these things happen. There are adjustments being made by the governing body of the game in FIFA. And everything that we love and don't love happens on the pitch all the time. No matter if you are a professional side, an amateur side, a collegiate side, or a recreational side. We all play the same game all the time. We respect the game, we love the game, and everything is fine with it. There's not a problem with it. And while it's not nice to have another American owning a Premier League club outside of Fenway Sports that runs Liverpool. The Glazers who run Man United, Kroenke who runs Arsenal, ownership of the San Francisco 49ers that runs that owns Leeds. Now Todd Bowley runs Chelsea. And while it's nice to see this, there is some concern. Concern is, is when you have Americans that are wealthy, and Mr. Bowley owns the Los Angeles Dodgers, he also owns the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Los Angeles Sparks, a Major League Baseball team, an NBA team, and a WNBA team. And all he sees is the money potential and is not really ingrained into the game like the way we are. He's going to have different different opinions. He's going to have different ideas. He's going to basically say some things that will not be in favor of those of us that believe in what the game should be and how it should be played. We have our own arguments right now of a certain mechanism that, should, that has not been involved since MLS started. And look, we all agree that hopefully one day it will come in. But one thing is for sure is that when he went to England and to have that discussion with a panel and his ownership of Chelsea from Roman Abramovich – Unfortunately, his ideas were not taken very well. The tactics of 4-3-3, adding another field player, no, that was a bad idea. 
the All-Star Game. Now, let me just say this about an All-Star Game here. And I used to love the All-Star Game, whether it be in baseball, hockey, the NBA. I didn't mind it. But truthfully, and I want to be truthful about this, while I did celebrate them in the past, and even when Major League Soccer started their All-Star Game in the past, when they first got started in 1996, as East versus West, I didn't mind it. I liked it. I thought, yes, we have to celebrate the game and celebrate these players that have done so well. And the first MLS All-Star Game was at Giant Stadium. Carlos Valderrama was involved in it. Jorge Campos was involved in it. And yes, two players scored goals in that one that represented the Metro Stars, who are now, of course, the New York Red Bulls. Giovanni Severese, who's currently the head coach of the Portland Timbers and now coaching Hartford Athletic in USL Championship, Tab Ramos. It was fun. It was great. But as you get older and as you continue on, and then all of a sudden it became league all-stars versus clubs from either Europe or Mexico. And now you get to... MLS All-Stars versus Liga MX All-Stars. And while it's nice, K, now it's getting old. The shtick is getting old. Personally, I think the All-Star game should be canceled. I really don't think interrupting a league season for an All-Star game is beneficiary to Major League Soccer. And I know it did not go well over in England. But unlike some in England that all of a sudden had an uproar about Bowley's comments, and they have every right to be upset to a point, and I'll get to that in just a moment, but even though they have every right to be upset because this is the game they created, the English created and everything, and I understand why they get upset. They don't like change a lot. Why broke if it's not – why, why – you know, if, it's, if it's not broken, why fix it? And I understand that. I completely understand that because it's the same thing here. Same thing in Africa, in Asia, South America, CONCACAF, Oceania. UEFA. If it's not broken, why are we fixing it? Mr. Bowley, sadly, I feel not only misinformed, but no knowledge of the game. And he must have seen at least some LA Galaxy games, some LAFC games. It's not bad to take a trip to Irvine, California to watch Orange County SC, go to Sacramento to watch the Republic, San Jose to watch the Earthquakes. Could have gone anywhere in the world to watch a match in his own backyard. And he could have at least learn what to say, you know, learn what goes on. What are you doing? No. 
he goes over there to run one of the big clubs in English football, one of the big clubs in, in London, in Chelsea. And he's looking at everything as a money grab. Now, I think it's nice that he wanted to own Chelsea. Roman Abramovich knew with the whole situation with with Russia uh, invading Ukraine that he knew that he wasn't going to be allowed to run Chelsea anymore. He was aware of it. And that's why we all knew he was going to sell. And unfortunately for him, the politics of Putin did forced him out of running and owning Chelsea Football Club. I don't think he wanted this to happen with Ukraine, but he knew and saw the writing on the wall. He had to give it up. So who was next in line? Todd Bowley. He's the one that has the money. He's the one that wanted to be a part of the Premier League to run a club in England. He has the the money. He has the business and the pedigree, the financial pedigree to do so. But I feel he wanted to go over there and tell them I think this would be better if you made this change and you made that change. And I think that was where he went wrong. And all I can say is, right now, he is off on the wrong foot. I want to give uh, Aston Villa head coach and former Liverpool legend Steven Gerrard uh, plenty of credit when he was asked about that All-Star game idea. Because he gave the best calm answer to the English football media about that. A nice, calm answer. And he basically, he said, no, I don't think it's going to be able to work here. The, the calendar, the English calendar for football is already jammed up as much as it is. Now, he didn't say jammed up, but I did say it. And he's right. He's absolutely correct. It's not just the league seasons of the Premier League. It's not just the Championship League. It's not just Football League One, Football League Two, the Nation League, and you know all the leagues in the pyramid from the top all the way down to the bottom. That it's chaotic. It's also League Cup and FA Cup. The international breaks from the international calendar for those players that are going to get called up for their national teams involved in friendlies and World Cup qualifiers and Euro Euro Cup qualifiers. It's everything. It's everything that goes along in the English calendar for football. And when you're not knowledgeable enough to know what goes on in England, 
not knowledgeable enough of how things work over there or how the game works, period. You'll be seen as a disruptor. You'll be seen as an enemy of the game, especially in England. What is this Yank talking about? What does he think and why does he think like this, that he thinks he knows more than we do? And that's the problem. That is the problem. Fenway Sports has done things the right way with Liverpool. The Glazer family, while I feel they have tried their best, it has not been good enough. We'll see what Ten Hag will do now running Man United. But the truth is the Glazer family has really put off Manchester United supporters, not just in England, but here in the States as well, and I'm one of them. Kroenke has done his situation with Arsenal. And right now, Leeds United has done okay under the ownership of the San Francisco 49ers. But there are problems that need to be fixed, that need to be squared away. So all I want Mr. Bully to understand is this. You went about it the wrong way when you were asked those questions at that moment in time. You failed, not just yourself. You failed us here back home who do support Premier League or English football teams. And those of us that support the game wholeheartedly and that's the problem that is the big problem right now I think he's got plenty of time to fix this do I think he's got plenty of time to change his ways absolutely he just got started now even though even though he sacked Thomas Tuchel after a transfer window which was the wrong way to do it because he should have given him at least either more than what he did, or he should have sacked him before the season began. Did not do that. And even with American ownership, either in North American sports or even abroad, the timing was wrong and the timing was not correct. Because you already went by, you already gave him the money on a transfer window, and even though you felt it wasn't successful enough, and you felt he was losing it, and he had to make a choice, you had to make a change, wrong time to do so. Wrong time to do so. But still, he owns Chelsea, and there's nothing more you can say or do about it. But now I want to get to the other side of this uh, argument. I want to get to the other side of this argument, and I, I, I want to you know, go out and just say that those in England that are upset that there's another American coming in 
coming in to run and own an English team, it upsets them. It upsets them big time. And, you know, you know, I, I want to under, you know, I do understand their point of view here. I do understand their point of view for some of those that believe in this. You know, why is this happening? What, what, why are Americans all of a sudden buying our clubs and having ownership in it? Why? Because guess what? We are involved. We now love the game more than before. Before, it was the crowd that loved it and the crowd that hated it. Now, it's diversified. Crowd loves it, but you'll only have a crowd of, we love it, but we only love, what, we only love the clubs in Europe, to the, I support a club in Europe, I support a club in the United States. Because now we have many, 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 many factions involving this that support the game in this country. And, you know, I understand you got a problem with what Bully said. Believe it or not, whether you don't want to hear it, you're going to hear it. For those of you that do listen to this program from England, we did not like what he said either. We didn't like what he said either. He came in very arrogantly. He came in assuming American ingenuity knows what's best for English football. No, we're not saying that. No, we're not saying that at all. What we're saying is he's not informed. When you have people... Who wants American ownership out of prem, out of the Premier League or out of English football? Well, then guess what? You got a problem. Former Manchester United defender and commentator, analyst Gary Neville wants us out of English football. He wants American ownership out of English football. He wants the regulators to come in and kick us out. Well, you know, let me just say this. But I, I just want Gary to understand something here. Gary Neville, I, I want you to understand something. Tell me who in England is wealthy enough. And at the same time, who in England has the gall to own a club now? Because so far right now, Arab oil money, uh, you know, Thai goods, duty-free goods, king power, Runs Leicester, Newcastle now under oil money ownership, Manchester City, oil ownership. 
I mean, you have foreign owners owning Premier League clubs. So I don't want to hear about, well, they understand the game. No, 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 no. It's not about understanding the game. It's foreign ownership of clubs. You understand what I'm saying? Foreign ownership. If you want us, Americans, no longer owning English clubs, well, you really can't discriminate against us. Whoever, you know, the the, the ownership of Manchester City and Newcastle United, they got to go too. The ownership of Leicester City, they're done. It's over with. It does not matter where the ownership comes from. Germans, Italians, Spanish, Portuguese, French, American, Mexican, Canadian, the UAE, Russia. No, 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 no. You can't look at us anymore. You need to look at everybody else. Sure, take our players. Take everyone's players to come and play in the Premier League. Ownership? Out? English only? Fine. Find me who has the money that wants to own an English football club. What's the uh, equivalent to Shark Tank in, the, in, in England? Dragon's Den? Why don't you ask one of those people to spend their money to purchase an English side right now? I know one of them was part of the ownership group of a, of a Premier League club. I think it was Everton. I forget his name. I only catch – and it's funny that I know about this program because I like to thank Facebook videos for posting uh, an entrepreneur that goes on that show so he can try and get a deal to sell their product to one of these owner to one of these uh, big time uh, big money people in England who have done very well in the private sector. Go ahead, get them, get them. They have the money. Doesn't matter who they are, men, women. If they have the money and they're interested in running and owning a Premier League team, then by all means. Go get them. As we've seen, and especially with watching here in the States on FX, welcome to Wrexham. Well, guess what? That was an English owner trying to take over a Welsh side who's part of the English pyramid. And he tried to bury the ground, tried to get rid of the club. And it didn't work because the town fought him and got control of the town until American actor Rob McElhaney of, well, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, and movie actor Ryan Reynolds from Canada came together and purchased Wrexham. And look what's going on now. Gary Neville said this on his Twitter on September the 14th. I keep saying it, but the quicker we get the regulator in, the better. 
U.S. investment into English football is a clear and present danger to the pyramid and fabric of the game. They just don't get it and think differently. They also don't stop till they get what they want. No. No, Gary. No. That's where you're wrong. That is where you are absolutely flat wrong, Gary Neville. We do understand the game. We do understand what goes on in the game and what goes on in England and everywhere else around Europe and everywhere else around the world. Do you not know what goes on here every single day now that social media has become the biggest fabric of all to our discussions of the game in the United States? Do you not see the clamoring, the begging, the wanting of promotion and relegation to come in U.S. soccer here, but it's never going to happen because the Federation will not allow it to happen? You don't pay attention to what's going on here because you're paying attention to what goes on in England. You don't know the constant bickering, the fighting, the name-calling, the finger-pointing between fans that are happy with the way it is to fans who are demanding promotion relegation come in, align with the international calendar, do this, do that. It is a struggle every single day. And every time I come on and do this show, I always inform the public whether they are for the way it is or therefore going to how it should be, the, I always give thoughtful answer to why we need to fix this so we can get to the promotion and relegation department. Gary Neville, you have no clue what goes on here in this country fighting about how the game should be regulated, motivated, rules of the game, and the continual fight, the continual fight of making the U.S. Soccer Federation aware that what they are doing is not true governance of the game. That's what he does not understand. Till he learns this, it will be the same recycled baloney he's been saying over and over and over again. Xenophobic, whatever, I don't care. The point is, is that he does not know what goes on over here. It's not about who is coming to take over a, an English club. It is, do they have the knowledge of the game and do they truly care about the game itself? Not just the financial ends of things. Because it's not just about the money. Do you have the heart, the soul, and the passion, and the blood, and the sweat, and the tears of spending every 90 minutes of every week to fight, to watch your club battle it out for supremacy within the league, within the nation, and your national team winning a continental championship and that little golden trophy we fight for once every four years. Because if he does not understand what the situation is over here in the U.S. when it comes to the game itself, 
then he is just as blind and dumb as anybody else that assumes they can go and just run a Premier League side or an English side and then throw their ignorance and their hubris because they think they can change the game in England, which they are wrong. There are two sides to every situation. And as of right now, both men, Bowley and Gary Neville, are in the wrong. Why don't you go to Miami, talk to your brother Phil. He's managing Inter-Miami and MLS. He has a sense of what goes on. Ask him. You have a great outlet, don't you? Ask your brother. He's managing Inter-Miami. Head on down to Fort Lauderdale. Go to DRVPNK Stadium. Talk to him. There's, there's going to be a break for the World Cup, and if you're not going to be, uh, you know, be part of the punditry crew, head on down to Florida. Visit your brother. Say hello. What's going on here? Tell me if I'm right. Tell me if I'm wrong. Do you know what the situation is? David Beckham is there. They're old teammates. Your brother, David. Hell, David went to visit the, the, the David Beckham went back to England to pay his respects to Queen Elizabeth II during the public viewing of her former majesty. You could have asked him. He's an owner. He owns the club. But no. You want to plead ignorance? Gary Neville. If you listen right now, or if anyone who is friends with Gary Neville is listening right now to this show, anyone in England listening to this show, or in the UK... Scotland, Ireland, Wales, North, Northern Ireland, that watches the Premier League. Gary Neville, I'm on Twitter. Capital letter D, capital letter F, lowercase E-U-E-R-S-S-M-T-E-I-N. Call me. Contact me. Let's have a discussion. I'll Zoom with you. I'll Skype with you. I will have a clear, calm conversation with you about what the battle of supporting football is in the United States and the constant squabbling that continues on to this day between different factions of playing this game. We're still battling. Not only battling for respect for the American player from abroad, but respect for the game within. How about that, Gary Neville? My plea to you. This is not a challenge. I will never, ever say this is a challenge. But if you want true opinion, true knowledge of what goes on on this side of the Atlantic, when it comes to the, to the game in the United States, I'll have a conversation with you. Don't go to ESPN. Don't go to Fox Sports. Don't go to your buddies over at NBC Sports, CBS Sports. Come talk to me. Come and talk to me. Talk to me about this. And you'll get an honest opinion and an honest idea what the hell is going on. Because I'm telling you right now, 
No one's paying attention to social media. And even though there are crazies and nut jobs on social media on both sides of the argument, this is the topics that go on. This is the discussion that continues on no matter what. I'll bring a friend. I'll bring a friend. I'll bring a colleague. I'll bring anybody. You want me to bring somebody along with me to go and talk to you? You got it. You got it. Come talk to me, Gary Neville. This is not a challenge. This is a person that wants to give you the information that you should be asking. But instead, you're more worried about words when you should be more worried about, does he have the knowledge? And if he doesn't have the knowledge, then you should be more concerned. But until then, nothing's going to change. True conversation, clear-cut discussion, focus will save the day. But if you're going to continue to plead ignorance, not just on your end, Gary Neville, but on Todd Bowley's end as well, we have all failed. We have failed. Like I said, I'm available. Come on over. I'm ready to go. Contact me. Do it right now. Hell, if you want, I'll contact you, which I have already done, but I'll do it again. So that is my end of the argument. That is what I believe uh, is true or not. And if you don't like it, guess what? This is why I have a show. Because I can throw my opinions out on the floor. And I'm not afraid to be uh, criticized, no. Because I look at everything, both sides of the argument, and here is how I adjudicate it. That's why I play devil's advocate, no matter what. Well, let's move on now. First round of Open Cup qualifying for the 2023 edition is over and done with. We had some great games here. Um, Pat Murphy of New Logical Tech, I want to give him congratulations. Two solid streams involving uh, two sides um, on the weekend, Lansdowne Boys, uh, Lansdowne Yonkers, New York, New York Greek Americans. It was awesome to watch. It was a great job by him and uh, great action from everyone up and down the calendar. First things first, let's go to the eastern end of things. Uh, here are the results of the opening round in the east. Uh, West Chester United on the road defeating Philadelphia Ukraine Nationals 2-1. City Soccer FC defeating Florida Soccer Soldiers 3-2. Club de Leon 3-0 over Deportivo Lake Mary. A 4-3 victory for Juventus Academy over Doral SC. Germantown City FC defeating Agen Hawks 2-1. United German Hungarians defeating Kensington Soccer Club 3-0. SC Vistula Garfield defeating New York Pantiprian Freedoms a goal to nil. Scoreless between Nova FC, Northern Virginia FC, and Steel Pulse FC, but in penalty kicks, 3-1 for Nova, Northern Virginia. 5-0. 
Lansdowne Yonkers over Manhattan Kickers. Oyster Bay United out of Long Island, 2-1 victory over New Jersey Alliance FC. Scoreless match between Ruggles Pro FC and Boston Street FC. But 13-12 in a penalty shootout in favor of Boston Street FC. Great job by them. That was a huge, huge result for Boston Street FC. Um, and I'm, once again, I try to pronounce this correctly. It's really difficult. Sometimes I might have to ask Pat Sajak if I can buy a vowel. Ver uh, Veringung Erzgeberg defeating Philadelphia Lone Star three, excuse me, two goals to one in the Lancaster Derby. It is elite defeating City FC three to two. DC FC in extra time defeating Team Tevez four two. You have Clearwater Chargers losing to the Florida Premier FC 4-0. Miami United defeating Florida Brothers 3-1. Jackson Lions on the road defeating Real Central New Jersey Soccer 4-2. Scott's American Athletic Club out of Kearney, New Jersey losing to Queensboro FC 2-5-0. Miami Soccer Academy defeating O'Shea's FC 2-1. International Soccer Association on a wild one, defeating West Palm Beach Club Football 5-3. And a wild one in Long Island on the campus of Hofstra University in Garden City. The New York Greek Americans and Newtown Pride of Connecticut, 3-3 draw through regulation and extra time. Into the penalty kick shootout through 11 rounds, Greek Americans in the last round, edging. Newtown Pride, 11 to 10. In the Western region, Houston FC, 10-1 over Galveston Pelicans. Defeaters kicks, they defeat FC Fort Worth, 5-1. LA Monsters with a 3-0 victory over Irvine FC. 2-2 draw by Rebel Soccer Club and Escondido FC, but in the penalty kick shootout, it was 3-1 Escondido, Rebels hitting the bar twice and a save by the keeper of Escondido, missing their first three chances. And they win it, Escondido, in penalties, three goal, three to one. FC Denver defeating Harpos, two one. Valley FC Raiders defeating FC Arizona, five to one. Laguna United FC defeating Olympiacos FC, three nil. UC Davis Soccer Club losing to Davis Legacy 4-3. Athletic Club of Sloan's Lake 3-0 over Peak 11 Football Club. Azteca FC destroying Colorado Rovers 3-1. Inter San Francisco defeating Marin County United FC 5-0. Outbreak FC and AS Los Angeles in a scoreless draw through regulation and extra time, but it's outbreak with a 4-2 winner in the penalty kick shootout. Orange County FC defeating Trojans FC 3-1. And Capo FC advancing to the next round due to forfeit by OC Kings FC. Don't know what happened there, but unfortunately for uh, OC Kings FC, they are out. So the winners advancing to the second round of the U.S. Open Cup qualifications matches. And they'll be facing 
these teams that earned that first round bye in the second round. On the eastern side, it's going to be 1927 SC out of Indiana, Beeman United FC out of Tennessee, Bowling Green FC out of Kentucky, Brockton FC United out of Massachusetts, Chicago House out of Illinois, Christos FC out of Maryland, FC Birmingham out of Alabama, Gainesville City FC out of Florida, Hurricane FC out of Florida, IASC Boom of Western New York, Kalanji Pro Profile out of Georgia, Metro Louisville FC out of Kentucky, Mint Hill FC out of North Carolina, Naples City FC out of Florida, Naples United, Orlando FC Wolves uh, out of Florida, Sahara Gunners FC out of New York, Santa Cruz FC out of Massachusetts, South Carolina United Heat out of South Carolina, of course, TCSA out of Georgia, Tobacco Road FC out of North Carolina, U Nations FC out of Massachusetts, and Valhalla FC out of Ohio. From the West, it is going to be Alamo City Soccer Club out of Texas, Battleborn FC out of Nevada, Bellevue Athletic FC out of Washington State, Boulder United FC out of Colorado, Colorado Athletic, excuse me, Coronado Athletic Co- uh, Club out of Arizona, D10 Lions uh, FC out of Texas, Desert FC out of California, Elk Grove Blues out of California, Legend Football Gold out of Washington, Modesto City Football Club out of California, Olympi- Olympians FC out of Arizona, Real San Jose out of California, as well as Temecula FC, and out of New Mexico, UDA Soccer. So those are the second round by entrance in Open Cup qualifying. That will be the weekend of October 15th and 16th of October. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So when we uh, will get the news of that schedule being laid out by U.S. Soccer. I was hoping it would have been uh, today. Unfortunately, uh, it is not out as of yet. But once U.S. Soccer does inform us of the second round schedule of Open Cup qualifying for the 2023 edition, uh, then it will be relayed uh, to you, either through U.S. Soccer, the cup.us, or by me on this show. So it should be interesting and fun to see what's going to happen in the second round. And I personally cannot wait for that. Moving on now, uh, after all that conversation, uh, really quickly, everyone uh, has already heard the news of what happened between Inter-Miami and D.C. United. Apparently, there was a racial slur uh, created or uh, an accusation of it by Taxis Fountas of DC United, aimed at Damien Lowe of Inter Miami, who is a member of the Jamaican international uh, team, the Jamaican national team, of course, a member of Inter Miami, in the MLS matchup uh, over at Audi Field on this past Sunday. Now, I am not going to make a statement about it right now because I believe it's at the start of an investigation by the league, possibly also by uh, U.S. soccer. We'll see what happens there. I don't think U.S. soccer will get involved, but I think they should and have a joint uh, investigation with Major League Soccer, even though this will be under Major League Soccer's uh, 
pervert, you know, the, under their laws and jurisdiction. So we'll see what happens there. Now, um, there has been already a comment from DeAndre Edlin. He's going because you know, he's uh, had his moments being in Europe, uh, uh, being racially abused, and Taxis Fountas has already made a comment saying he would never do anything of like this of the sort. And already on social media, there has been uh, finger pointing and yelling for Fountas to be um, sacked or released by DC United right off the bat. Now, once again, I will not make any judgments until the facts of the case come out. Because let me say this right now. If he truly did this, then he deserves whatever punishment he gets. If he did not do this, then he should continue to play at DC United. Because guess what, folks? It's worse in Europe. There are those in Europe that will never change. And while there is a possibility that it still happens here in our country, nine times out of ten, I have not seen it. Myself personally. In MLS. But once again, allow the facts to come out. And once the facts do come out, then we will see where it's going to go. Once again, cannot jump on Fountas until there is clear evidence, clear evidence he did this. We need to wait for this investigation to be over with and the findings to be reported. Once they are, then we can comment. Until now, personally, I will not comment on this situation. But until then, we just have to wait and see. And now, going to the Red Bull segment, a 2-0 loss at New York City FC at Yankee Stadium. If you're a Red Bulls fan, you are disgusted, you are angry, you are upset, because that was a horrible start. And even though they tried to come, climb out of that two-goal hole, they still did not find a way to put the ball in the back of the net. Poor start. Basically, put the foot into the mouth of head coach Gerhard Struber. Because he took that match lightly. And if you take the match lightly, the players will take the match lightly. And basically, in my book, Alex Callens was the man of the match. Not only scoring the opening goal of the match, but a goal line save on a Red Bull shot. And even though the Red Bulls did play better after the second goal was scored against them, it's still no excuse. That was a poor match, poor result. They should have done better, much better. Every derby, every rivalry game you play against the Philadelphia Union, D.C. United, New England Revolution and the New York and New York City FC. You must go in there at a hundred percent, and that's not what happened. It was after the fact. 
Yes, New York City FC was struggling, but you allowed them to read bulletin board material, and they took advantage. The backline marking was terrible, not just by Aaron Long, but also by Duncan, Tolkien, and Sean Nealis. Everybody was terrible. Everybody fell asleep at the wheel. Everybody has to be blamed. Regardless of the men's national team fans that have continued on to harass Aaron Long because they think he doesn't deserve to be on the national team, that's, this is none of their concern. This is the one time he had a horrible game. Because he worked his butt off to get back to where he is. But once again, lack of concentration was the problem. Lack of concentration. Sheepishly walking along the pitch. Set-piece defending, absolutely horrible. While, every, while Gerhard, Gerhard Struber and the Rebels have done everything right... That is the one weakness that they have, and they will not survive of the playoffs if they don't fix it. And at the same time, the passion and the energy must be there from the opening whistle to the end. Not even before the opening whistle, not even at the opening whistle. When you get on the bus to travel from Harrison to Yankee Stadium, get in the locker room, Warm up, back to the locker room, starting 11, national anthem, opening whistle, off you go. I'll say it, piss poor. Piss poor. From the players to the manager. That's unacceptable. That was unacceptable. Cannot happen again. The next time they play them, either in the playoffs or next season. It's time to go out, finish off strong these last two games in Columbus, at home against Charlotte FC, and you get six points. You were four points clear. You should have been four to seven points clear after Saturday afternoon. You were not. Now you're ahead by a point. One win out of those two games, and you've locked up third place without an issue, depending on what New York City FC does in their last two games of their schedule. Expect a good article coming out of me from Red Bull News Network on the subject. Other than that, that was inexcusable. Inexcusable, and that should never have happened in the first place. And even if they did come back, even if they did come back to either level the match at two or lead it 3-2, it was still a horrible start. That should never have happened in the first place. That, my friends, is inexcusable, disgusting, and it should never, ever happen again, whether Struber stays or not. This one is on coaching, folks. Coaching and the players. 
After all, Druber was at Yankee Stadium to watch that match in the Campeones Cup. And let me say this about that Campeones Cup. Even if the Red Bulls do ever win MLS Cup and they are involved in it against a Liga MX champion from Mexico, I'll say it. If they do participate in it and win it, it is the most plastic trophy ever in the history of the game. The continued fascination of Commissioner Don Garber to have these USA-Mexico matches mean something on the club level, including League's Cup, which will now be official next season, unfortunately. This Campeones Cup is just as plastic as League's Cup, even though League's Cup has now proven to become something special for next season, unfortunately. The only tournament that I truly pay attention to between USA and Mexico sides is the CONCACAF Champions League. That is the only true measurement of clubs playing international club tournament to face each other and to claim who is the better nation developing and having top clubs in their nation. That is the only cup that I see them truly do. Now, if CONCACAF wants to keep the the CONCACAF League and allow everyone to do that like Europa League does in Europe, I'm all for it. Other than that, leave it the way it is. No more Campione's Cup. Unfortunately, League's Cup is here to stay. We're just going to have to move forward without it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that'll do it for me tonight. Short show, but still, I try to make it as entertaining for you as possible. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight. And as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Have a good night. Take care so long. And bye-bye for now. Have a good night, everybody.